Hello, everybody. What's going on? What's happening? Here we are again. Misery Monday, folks. Misery Monday. Lord, I tell you one thing. There's going to be a lot of these this year. After what I saw yesterday, and I didn't watch it live, I had to coach my girls kind of yesterday. Can't really coach in the fall of the year. Um, but I got home and I sat down and I watched the game and I have a new thought process on Washington Commanders. Okay. So you guys know how this goes. Well, it's only the second time, but I'll explain to you how this goes. Explain to you what happened in the game, what I liked, what I didn't like. What has to change, okay? So, Washington Commanders lost 21-17 to to, I think, a vulnerable Tennessee Titans team. Tennessee Titans were extremely, extremely scary last year. This team is not scary this year whatsoever. Um, listen, I'll just say this. Everything that I explained on what would happen if Washington did... No, Washington will win if... Um, you know, it, it was it was pretty much on both ends of what I mentioned on Friday. So, let's start off with the good. The good is the defense. Listen, I know you're going to say, how do you think the defense was good when you lost? I'll explain that in the bad in a minute, okay? Um, from the very first play of the game, the defense's aggressiveness was there. I think Tennessee had four straight three and outs multiple times. Um, and then other times when they only had five or six plays and was off the field. Like, I was proud of this defense, especially the front four. Like, Jonathan Allen and finally the man who shows up, Montez Sweat, played their behinds off yesterday. I was... I was on another one. I, I From the very first play, Montez Sweat said, listen, I know I've been doing effort and this and that since day one. I'm here. And he proved he was here. Okay. From the very first play. Um, another good one, Montez Sweat. Now, he had a, he had a couple of mistakes that kind of killed them and almost had one more on a, on a three and out but Montez Sweat showed me what he is capable of I mean he was bullying 340 pound office of linemen like they were the pieces of paper I love to see it 
Jonathan Allen just continues to show up day after 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 day. And we are just wasting his talent. I'm about to get on the point where I'm going to say Jonathan Allen needs to go somewhere else and win him a Super Bowl. Because he's wasting his talent in Washington. Um, Smith Williams, Abada, and Two Hill actually had pretty solid games as well. Everybody that played on that front defensive line, I was proud of. Um, Jamin Davis pretty much got lost a few. Uh, Cole Holcomb made some strong tackles on Derrick Henry. Um, and you could tell Derrick Henry was getting off because the the front four, who was playing outrageously strong all day, you know, they just, you know, you know, every once in a while, defensive linemen will take, I won't say take a playoff, but will not get the effort that they did on previous plays. And it got to a point, you could look at the defensive line where they were just like, listen, we just need to get off the field. And that's, I'm going to get to it on my, on my bad. Um... The emergence of Deami Brown. And I say that loosely <laughs> because technically he only emerged on a couple plays, but you know how everybody says they see the stats in the first thing they say, oh, my man had an amazing game. Technically he did. Deami Brown had two catches. Both of them were touchdowns. And he had two other opportunities to get long catches as well. I'm a huge fan of De'Ami Brown. Uh, when they drafted Jahan Dotson, the first thing I said was, well, geez, you just drafted a wide receiver last year. And he kind of got lost at the beginning of the year. Yesterday he showed he could be a player. Like, he could be a strong player. And now once Jahan comes back from his hamstring injury, you legit have four wide receivers who at any point in time can do something spectacular. And if you want to add Cam Sims to that, go ahead and be my guest. But Cam Sims is one of those guys. He'll be on the roster. He's a great special teams guy. He'll be on the roster. And then come week 11, he'll have some outrageous game. I don't know if that's scheme, whatever. Uh, contrary to your belief, I'm going to put Carson Wentz on both sides of the good and bad, okay? Carson Wentz had a pretty solid game. Now, I'm starting to notice that Carson Wentz throws passes to get flags over throwing passes to move the ball up to down the field. Because literally it seemed like he threw a pass to a couple players that had some issues on the play, whether it's... Uh, Illegal contact down the field, getting grabbed on routes. And because he'll throw passes and put his arms up and say, hey, this, he did this, he did that. I'm thinking he's more that type of quarterback right now. Because literally it happened. I watched the game a little bit before I woke up for work this morning. And it, I counted how many times he did it. And this is just the first half. It's at least 12 times. You know, you, you make a pass like that, you can't do that, really. Now, I think two of them 
he had legit cases. Uh, Terry went on the out route, got grabbed, should have been called. And Curtis Samuel got jumped on his back. But if you go on how the game has been called, rarely is that ever called. But every time you look at it, the first thought is, well, dude jumped on his back, should have been called. Every other one was just like, all right, you, you want this little knickknack to be called. So, Carson, I, I understand. This is you. This is you. All right. My last good. It's hard to say. I approve of the game plan objective real bad. I approve. Yes, you can beat me down for saying this. The game plan that Jack Rodrigo had, I was cool with, okay? All right, uh, here we go. Let's talk about the bad. They didn't run the football. In no parts of the game did they ever try to control the game when they... When they was up 10-7 to after the big De'Ami Brown 75-yard touchdown catch, the defense came in and got, not only got the Titans off the field in three plays, it was like fourth and 30-something and a punt. Fourth down and 30-something is borderline impossible. Okay. I told you, the defense was playing out of their mind. The only reason Tennessee scored that first touchdown was because, you know, they, the defense needs a break too. Okay, they put they put too much on defense, and which which gets me to my next bad. And and this is more towards the entire season over just yesterday's game. The defense is playing entirely too well for the offense to just think they can have a game plan. Because they feel the defense will keep them in the game. And here's what I mean. The Tennessee Titans literally could do absolutely nothing. Derrick Henry barely got two or three, four yards of carry. Tannehill looked like the quarterback I've been saying he's been since he was transferred over from the wide receiver position. The, the defense was doing whatever they wanted, Okay. But I feel like once that 75-yard touchdown came, Scott Turner's offensive play calling changed. They stopped running the ball to control the clock. They stopped using the short routes that were open the entire day. They just went away from all of that. It started to get frustrating. It started to be like, should we blame Carson Wentz? And literally, Carson Wentz audibled into a couple of runs, and I was just like, okay, cool. But it was just like running at the line type of plays. Literally, you cannot do that against Tennessee Titans defense. They have three of the biggest guys who can hold the linemen where they want them and then attack the running back. Literally, the first run play that Brian Robinson had was a nine-yard run, but it got called back for holding. That outside run has been working for you for the last three weeks. 
But yet still, they refused to do it, okay? It was frustrating. Scott Turner. Um, I enjoy watching Scott Turner for what he is. He's the guy that can be aggressive, but the only thing I hate about his aggressiveness is the fact that he doesn't know how to turn it off. You can't just every drive take a shot down the field. You cannot do that. So once you do it twice or three times, the defense is expecting it. So what do you do when the defense expects it? You chip away to turn their aggressiveness down on defense, and then you go back to it. Literally, he was trying to take a shot every single possession. As a fan, that's beautiful because you want to see that your offensive coordinator is trying to score as fast as possible. As a guy that's a true sports fan that understands that once you have a lead, you have to control the game, it's the worst play calling I've ever seen. And I think he did that because he saw how amazing the defense was playing that he could get away with it. And you cannot put too much pressure on one side of the football. That is how you lose. Jordan never came down and shot threes every single possession. He wore you down. Kobe found a way that if you can't do anything, he's going to do it to you repeatedly over and over again until you realize. And then he goes to something else. LeBron literally he literally watches the game and sees your tendencies and makes adjustments on the court. Aaron Rodgers plays to his advantages and disadvantages. Peyton Manning was literally a quarterback to say, all right, look, y'all going to do this, we about to do that. Scott Turner, you, you, you got to, you, first of all, you're not your father, okay? The, the issue with North Turner is once he got to the point where he was ready to get out of the league, he just started being overly aggressive so he can get fired. This is what his dad play calling looked like when he wanted to get out of the league. Literally. Which makes me think that maybe he doesn't want to do this. I don't know. But it sure looks like it. Um, the offensive line. And I'm going to be talking about the offensive line until the cows come home. This offensive line is just bad. The only time they were good was on the shots to De'Ami Brown. Every other time, it was like Carson Wentz was running for his life. I think he had a flashback in Indiana. It was bad, people.
Um, on a good note, this is Brian Robinson's first game back after getting shot twice in D.C., man. It was beautiful to see. He didn't look fully all the way there, but once he got the ball, he was gung-ho, and it was beautiful to see. I loved every minute of him being on the field. Such a blessing, so amazing that he had the chance to get back, get a game under his belt. I was just happy for him to be on the field. I didn't care about what type of outcome he was going to have. I was extremely happy that he was back on the field. I knew he wasn't going to get like 20 and 30 carries. I mean, geez, like six weeks ago, he just got shot, okay? But I think against the Bears on Thursday night, he's going to get a little more love. Um, this is a bad team. And now we're in a situation where we cannot look at Washington's schedule and think that's a good game to get a W because this is a bad team. It's extremely bad. Um, watching this game almost converted me to never watching football again. This is just bad. Now, also watching this game let me know that we need to investigate these referees in the National Football League. And this isn't the only game. Whoever referees any Tom Brady game needs to be put in the back room and, and be tortured just to see if they got bribed. And I saw a little bit of that in the Dallas game as well. Like, do we want Jerry Jones to be happy? Is that what's going on? Because he got the most money in the league? Is, is that what is really going on? Because I see a lot of things in Dallas Cowboy games that is very concerning. And I'm not talking like a Washington Redskin football team commander fan. I'm watching these games and it's very disturbing. Like, it's almost like if Dallas doesn't have a good year, heads are going to roll. Because you do realize the year that Dak Prescott got hurt last time and Dallas was, I think, the third seed in the NFC East. Jerry Jones was untalkable. And what I mean by untalkable he talked about who's going to get fired. He talked about heads going to roll. Things got to change. This, all that garbage. Have you guys heard from Jerry Jones since Dak Prescott got hurt this year? It's very scary. Very scary. Like. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to say. But it's very, very weird. 
very weird. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. The referees need to get the investigation after what's been going on these last couple weeks, especially the last couple weeks. Because I didn't like how that Tampa Bay game ended at all. The Falcons got robbed. <coughs> and yes, Matthew Stafford is having an extremely bad year right now. But there's a lot of things that went on in that game that got called in the Tampa Bay game. And there's a lot of things that went on on Dallas's favor. And I had to catch myself because I, I said when I watched the game, well, they don't they don't make that call and they just about to suck that up. Literally in the Baltimore game right afterwards, they was calling those calls. So I, I had to catch myself and I was like, okay, like what what is really going on? Like, literally, there was a missed hole call on Dallas. The offensive lineman literally choked the guy out, which is illegal, three times. And I watched it, and I said, hold on, like, huh? Hold on a second. Literally, that's, I had to, hold on a second. I said it, like, three or four times. So, And then in my group chat, uh, the guys were saying, you know, Trayvon Diggs is really a bad corner. Trayvon Diggs was getting away with a lot of stuff that was very shaky. And uh, once again, I was just like, oh, hold on now. And I made a few posts on Instagram and Twitter, and a few of my friends were like, that wasn't flags. And then... In that same motion, I put up videos of different games where the exact same thing happened and they threw the flag in the same week. It wasn't like anything from like three or four years ago. No, it was the same week. From a different game that I watched that they did call the flag. And my my friends literally said this. Well, the referee didn't call it. It's not a flag. And I'm I'm just sitting in the room like, I understand and that's the play that I always say when I'm play, when I'm coaching basketball. Like they don't make the call, you still got to play. But I can argue because rules are rules, and if you put the rule in that you have to call it, you can't say it's illegal on one end and not illegal on the other end. Like in the Washington game, they called an illegal block in the back on one of Derrick Henry's big runs yesterday. It was a block in the back, but it was one of those block in the backs that was never called. The guy ran past Henry and the offensive lineman pushed him in the back. They rarely call that. Like, he's out of the play. Rarely is that called. And they called it. So I, I started looking back and saying, well, shit, that's blocking the back. How many times did this happen in the game? It happens a lot. It, it, it truly happens a lot. So I said, okay, um, I have to start looking at these games a tad bit different. But all in all, this past week of football, take out that Thursday night ugly game, have been pretty solid.
But this Washington team, which this particular podcast is about, it's a sad case, man. Extremely sad case. I, they're one and four right now. They won the first game, lost four straight. Had no business losing to Detroit, but they gave them too big of a lead, and the defense was just on the field all the time. Philly just beat them with one quarter, and the defense played amazing in the three quarters. Offense couldn't score. They just let Dallas do whatever they wanted in Dallas just because we all know. I, I was complaining that entire game about the missed calls that was in there. The most penalized team in National Football League got two penalties, three penalties. Already that suspect. Same thing with the with the Rams game. Most penalized, they were still the highest penalized team in the league. Only had three penalties against the Rams and, and the Commanders. So, take it with a grain of salt. Um, the NFC East is playing amazing right now. After the jokes were, this is probably the worst division in the league at the beginning of the season. You got a five and zero, four and one, and four and one, and then a one and four. And it's this year is just a bad football league year. It's horrible. It's horrible. This year is horrible football. There's no 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 way else to explain it. It's horrible football. No way around it. It's horrible. So we're just going to continue to get some more horrible football. Appreciate you guys listening in. Um, Wednesday, look out for the Washington Commanders will beat Chicago Bears if podcast. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace.